Good morning, everyone, and very happy Christmas. I was thinking many people are joining us also online, and what a special time of year. And for all those who have discovered Ananda in this past year, may your spiritual life grow. For those who started meditating this year, may you go deeper. For those who took discipleship this year, may your awareness of Master's presence grow ever stronger. For those who took Kriya this year, may your practice go deeper until you feel the flow of grace within. And for all those who moved into an Ananda community this year, Welcome. I'll just take a moment before I begin the reading. I had a very beautiful dream this morning. As you probably know, Jyotish and I came in the very early days of Ananda. And in this dream, it was the first weeks of Ananda's existence of this community. And it was people were trying to figure out what to do. And the, where we have Master's Market, that building existed in the beginning. And I, I was trying to, it was all shabby and dirty, and I was trying to make it nicer. So I found a picture of Master, and I put it up on the wall. But then I realized it wasn't just a photograph. It was a video. And Master was there and, with us. And he had on old work pants and a t-shirt and he had a pitchfork and he was shoveling the hay and trying to clean it up. And I woke up and I realized you were always there. We didn't see you, but you were there from the very beginning, cleaning it up, making it into a community. And so it is today. And no other gift is compares by any estimation of living a life where we're fulfilling the mission of great avatars such as Christ and our guru. So let us be grateful for the life we've been given. And our reading today, the last one from of the year for Rays, from Rays of the One Life by Swamiji, It's called the Divine Ascension. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, we read, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is this I when spoken by a master who has conquered every vestige of ego consciousness? Therein lies the mystery of true scriptural teaching. That I that is no I, does it even exist? In what way is it different from the consciousness that animates other human beings? Jesus was not saying, look at me, don't look at other masters. He was saying, rather, 
look at the divine self that is the essence of who you are, your very self. You are that I. No man cometh unto the divine consciousness except by first recognizing his own intrinsic divinity hidden behind his delusive ego. The Bhagavad Gita in the fourth chapter states, O son of Prita, Arjuna, in whatever way people accept me, in that same way do I appear to them. For all men, in some way, pursue the path to me. Meditate on the divine incarnations. Their lives and the consciousness animating them will be your stairway to the infinite. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Good morning, everyone. Isn't it beautiful to gather together and to share this beautiful day? People all over the world, this is one of the most joyful days of the year, probably the most joyful day of the year. People all over the world are celebrating just as we're celebrating. And in that unity of consciousness, there is a unity throughout the world that maybe reaches its maximum on this day and then begins to wane. But let's, at least for us, keep that unity strong throughout every day of the year. I'm going to read a beautiful passage from Whispers from Eternity. It's a little bit longer than we normally read, so maybe close your eyes and try to take these words in. This is, Let me feel that thou and I are one. When the sparks of cosmic creation flew from under thy crucible of love, I danced with all the lights that heralded the coming of myriad worlds. I am a little spark of thy joyous cosmic fire. O thou son of life, as thy nectar poured into the little cups of human minds, filled with molten liquid of vital sparks, They thought to contain thy golden infinity in the smallness of their human feelings. In each fragile, undulating mirror of human flesh, I see reflected thy restless dance of omnipresent power. In the lambent waters of life, I behold thy ever-steady, almighty life. Teach me, Christ-like, by the power of concentration to still the restless storms of desire raging on the lake of my mind. Stilling those waters, I lovingly behold thy unruffled face of cosmic stillness. Cause the little wave of my life to subside that thy consciousness in me spread out to become thine own vastness. Let me feel my heart throbbing in thy breast, my feet moving with thy energy, thy breath breathing through mine, 
thy energy actively moving my arms, thy thoughts weaving all the thoughts in my brain. When I cry, thy soft sigh within me wakens me to thy joy. In thy playfulness, little bubble visions of thy creation float dancingly in the chamber of my dreams, which manifest in my deep in my sleep of delusion. Thy meteoric will courses through the skies of my own willpower. Make me feel that it is thou who art I. O make me thyself, that I behold my little bubble of self ever floating in thee. You know, this day is beautiful among other things in that it is a day in which the higher qualities in the world consciousness rise to the surface. And even though outwardly we have, in some cases, appropriate and less appropriate symbols of that, you know, Santa is coming and NORAD was tracking his sleigh ride through the skies, uh, making sure that all the children knew that he was coming from the North Pole. And you can kind of laugh a little bit at that, but in a deeper sense, Santa represents the desire to give to others, the saintly desire to give to others that resides in every person's heart. And so who is Santa? Santa is the saint within every one of us. We had a friend who's had two daughters and one of them, the younger one, lost a tooth. And the mother said, well, put the tooth under your pillow and the uh, tooth fairy will come and leave a coin there. And so the younger daughter did that and in the morning found uh, found a coin there. And then she and her sister had a conversation. And she came out and she said, Mommy, are you really the truth, the tooth fairy? And the mother looked at the older sister and said, Did you tell her? She said, Yes. And so the younger one said then, But Mommy... How do you get to everyone's house every night? <laughs> and so it is, are you really Santa? Does Santa exist? Of course he exists. He exists as the desire, the universal desire that gets to everyone's house to be able to give and to share love. But these outer symbols, even Jesus' life, see, we are are on this day we are celebrating the birth of Jesus but we aren't celebrating the birth of Christ we aren't celebrating the birth of Christ consciousness because that Christ consciousness or Christ is the spirit that is at the center of every atom of creation and so when the world was created it was not as if Christ, the, the Christ element came into it. It was the Christ element that created the world. It's the very essence. And so we can't 
really celebrate the birthday of that except by celebrating the birthday of the universe. And that's as uh, God said to George Washington Carver, that's a question that's a little too big for you, George. <laughs> Celebration of the birth of the universe is not something that mankind easily gloms onto. It's a cosmic consciousness. But when someone who has achieved the awareness of that, that understands and knows, not just mental understanding, but knows to the very depths of their being that they are made of that Christ, that's Christ consciousness. The awareness of that everything in the universe is made out of that Christ. And with a person who has achieved that level of consciousness, is truly achieved it, is very rare in this world. And when that kind of a soul is born into this world, and especially one who has the destiny of having a world mission of bringing the consciousness of that into the world, then that's a cause for celebration. And so Jesus was such a soul, and he was born into this world, fully realized, and with a destiny to help others lift their consciousness up and become realized. And that is indeed a reason for celebration. So much so that the great masters, Babaji, Lahiri, and Sri Yukteswar, who were the wise men, came from the East to honor that birth. And then later on, Jesus returned that visit to India during the missing 17 years from the Bible. Uh, a little bit strange that the life of someone who is perhaps the most important figure in the history of the West would have most of his life missing from the story of his life. Well, the, the, there are records that he went to India to return that. But now let's come back to the real theme. What we're really trying to honor today is the birth of Jesus, but not Jesus as a person, not Jesus as an eagle, not Jesus as a little baby, Jesus as a soul unified with the Christ consciousness. And it, as Swami said in the reading, it is very, very good for each of us who are trying to achieve that Christ consciousness to meditate on the episodes of the life of those who did achieve it. Not so much historically or not so much just on the outer uh, episodes of his life. Oh, he was born and it was a shed and it was a manger and uh, oh, the poor people, they didn't even have a... You know, that's at the surface level. But what causes the Christ consciousness to go through the drama of being born in such a way? What's the reason for that? There's a teaching for us. In this case, a teaching of humility uh, is an obvious teaching there. But many, many episodes of Jesus' life, if we don't think of them just as episodes in the history of an ego, 
but ask ourselves, what was the consciousness underlying that? When Jesus said to a group of people, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. What is the consciousness that had him speak in that way? It's a consciousness of, first of all, great, great compassion. But secondly, a consciousness that sees beyond the actions of any one individual and sees the worth and the beauty in everybody in the world. And those people who want to judge people for they aren't this way, but they're that way. And the world right now is rife with the consciousness of judgmentalism and separation. And Jesus is saying, let he who is without sin, let he cast the first stone. Let he who is pure of heart and pure of mind, let him make judgments about other people. Who's right, who's wrong, who's good, who's bad. That's not the Christ consciousness. The Christ consciousness resides equally in everyone in the world. There was a great saint of this century, Nimkarili Baba, and one of his disciples, he had many Western disciples, and one of his disciples asked him, what, what about Jesus? Was he a true master, a true avatar? And Nimkarili's Baba's response was to close his eyes and meditate on Jesus. And tears started streaming down his face, just pouring down. And he said, what love, oh, what love, what love. And so it was that love that took incarnation in Jesus' form. So it is very good to meditate on the lives of these great ones, but meditate not just on the surface, not just on the episodes, but on what that episode was about. And then not just meditate as if they're distant and they, they did it this way, they had this consciousness, but that because Christ the essence of Christ, spirit in manifestation, is in every particle of this universe. Our consciousness, our minds, our bodies, ourselves, are just as filled with Christ as Jesus was. The only difference is that he realized it, and we are striving to realize it. And so... Meditate on the lives of these great ones because they came as an example to us about how to live our lives. And if we can simply do this, when we have a question, when we have a difficulty, when we have a pain, when we have a joy, to ask, just to ask the question for most of us here, Master, how would you go through this difficulty? Master, how would you answer this question? Let me emulate your consciousness. The emulation of the consciousness of Christ that resided in Jesus. The emulation of the consciousness of Christ that resides in all of our masters. That 
is a very, very great aid to our spiritual development. And that's the meaning of, that's why these great ones manifest. And so it's a very, very beautiful practice to meditate on their lives and to see how we can apply the consciousness that they expressed in our lives. We're both sharing a little bit this morning because we've been gone for nearly four months traveling to our communities in Assisi and India. So one of the things that I learned from observing and respectfully serving Swami Kriyananda was how every... There were very few things that he said or did that were random. Random. They all, in large part, had a meaning, a purpose, a teaching. And reflecting now on many different things that have happened uh, over time, I see that what he was trying to do. And so it is with the life of any great master, Christ in particular, we're focusing on. There was no moment in his life from conception to birth to ministry till final death that was random. Every single one was an expression of a teaching of an aspect of God's consciousness. And as we were saying, the what keeps us from being able to really accept that this consciousness that dwelt in Christ also dwells, dwells in us. Why is it so hard to live that, to accept that? In large part, I think, is a sense of our own frailty, a sense of our own unworthiness. And again, we, we identify with our limitations, not with our potential. It's really as simple as that. If we could identify with our full potential, even for one moment, totally, we would know God. But we look at, we we hold back from that. And again, the life of Christ, look at the what he was showing us, born to a trodden down and oppressed people, rejected even from the town in which he was about to be born, having to be born amongst in a little stable, amongst little animals, and then living humbly, the son of a carpenter, learning his father's trade, and yet the glory of God was fully present within him. And then who did he call? to be his followers. He didn't call the rabbis. He didn't call the priests. He called Mary Magdalene, a woman of ill repute, shall we say. He called Matthew, the tax collector, who the tax collectors working for the Romans were hated in those days. Terrible job. He was trying to show us there's no one that is not a part of me no matter what your life has been, you are a part of me. 
I am a part of you. And he was modeling that for us. And so in our own lives, if we can simply move forward from the past, sometimes people share with us that they've had maybe done very wrong things in their life or perhaps have had very bad things done to them. And it's a memory that resides with them and it forms who they are. And if we can just simply say, that is a dream, that happened, but it's not who I am. Let me move forward. Let me go and really try to just say, that part of my life happened. Yes, it did. But that's not who I am. Who I am is the light that keeps calling me, keeps moving me forward. And as Master said, it takes very, very, very good karma to even want to know God. And those of us sitting here, those of watching, we don't only, not only want to know God, we are living for God in every moment of which we are capable. Why identify with the darkness? We do not only ourselves, but we do the world a disservice when we deny the light within us, when we identify with the shadows. The world so desperately needs light now. And in a way, this is a wonderful spiritual time for devotees because we must affirm the light ever more strongly. We must affirm unity. We must break down division. We must live the life of Christ right now with everything that we have, with everything that we know, with everything that we own. That's the only answer for what lies ahead for the world. And so for each of us, look at the light. Cherish that light. One of the things that happens when we travel in India, where they have great respect for spiritual teachers, is you're treated in a way that sometimes it's a little difficult to handle because you don't see yourself that way. You see yourself as someone who got up in a grumpy mood this morning but they don't see you that way. And little by little, you come to understand, if, if they see that in me, then I need to honor that, whether I can fully accept it or not. And so it is for each of us. Christ dwells within you. Yogananda dwells within you. The great masters dwell within you. But we need to honor that presence by not denying it, You know, even when the disciples denied that they knew Christ, Jesus knew they were going to do that. What's the meaning of that? It's it's saying, oh, who am I? Christ isn't here. I never knew him. That's what we do every day. He doesn't dwell within me. I don't know him. But you do know him. And even if you deny him, he appears eventually in your midst in the midst of a meditation, in the midst of a prayer, and he says those beautiful, simple words, peace be unto you. Meaning, I'm here. I've always been here. I've been clearing the rubble from this community before you even got here. 
I've been working out your karma even before you knew what karma was. And so let us, in this coming year, let our our gift to the world be that we will accept and develop and try to become one with the Christ light that dwells within each one of us and which dwells with every living being, not only on this planet, but throughout all creation. The Christ consciousness, the light, the truth, the way, and the life.